Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. We've been on the road between Park City and Salt Lake City this week. And Provo and Ogden. We've been on one little bit Provo, of road. One Utah, little, and Ogden, It's Utah. like a little track we're on, and it's so great. You know, Linda, we this is one of the rare weeks when we didn't have to get on an airplane, and so we've spent time with three of our children and their families, and that totals up to 15 grandkids. And uh, what a time we've had. We... we Last night we were with one family having some music recitals, listening to the grandkids play the piano. Very talented, I yes, might add. Yes, they are great. And then uh, during the week we were with um, oh, some wonderful things up in Ogden where our son's girlfriend was the lead in a play and we our, our grandson's girlfriend. And, and then we took the, the little twins to their favorite movie and they've never been so excited in their life. And then we were down in, in Provo and uh, we, we were giving a speech down there, but the best part of it was doing dinner it with, with our kids. son and having yeah. dinner with the kids. So it's been a, what would you call it? Like a quiet week at home. What a rare, what a pleasure. It really has been. It's halcyon days when you actually have time to catch up with your friends and, catch up with some correspondence and so on. We've you know, it, remi- it reminds me, Linda, la- last night while we were, uh, our daughter has been asked to um, be in charge. I'm not sure I got this totally, but be in charge of some kind of a Holocaust uh, remembrance thing at the, at the is it the elementary school? Junior the, high. The junior high. And um, that brought up something we that, that has a parallel to what we've just been talking about. Remember the time we heard um, a Holocaust survivor speak? We were we were at a program where we were speaking, and one of the, the main speaker on the program was this woman who was ninety, I think, who was a Holocaust survivor. And the title was it the title of her speech or just the no, conclusion? No, she, she it was the, the it greatest was, thing in, in life is a quiet evening at home. Yeah, she just uh, in that concentration camp, she just felt that. Um, what she longed for more than anything, even more than food, was just a quiet evening at home. And uh, I thought that was really, really fascinating because we don't often get quiet evenings at home. Uh, all of us, some some of you have those nice quiet evenings maybe more often, but um, if you've got a family at home, it is just not very quiet. <laughs> I can't resist telling one more thing about that while it's on my mind, then we'll blend it back into what our our show is about today, but uh, this this woman was one of the most amazing speakers we'd ever heard, and she was on that long march right at the end of World War II where they were essentially trying to kill off the last Jews that hadn't been killed in concentration camps just by marching them to death, and um, they, they finally put them in, the war was ending and the pressure was on and they put them in a barn and they were going to light the barn on fire. And then an American troop came in and saved the day. And this one American soldier opened the door to the barn and said, you're free, you're, you're free. And he held the door open for this, this small little girl who went out and who was now this woman giving the speech. And it was so poignant because she had talked about 
All she wanted was a quiet evening at home. All she wanted was safety and security. But this American GI freed her and the others that were in the barn. And then the poignant moment in her speech came when she said, I just love that that young GI that opened the door and freed us. And he's now my husband. And he was there in the <laughs> audience. And it was like everyone was, it was in breathtaking. tears. <laughs> um, and, and I think actually she was a young adult at that time. Yeah, when yeah. She um, was freed. But, wow, it was quite a story. But um, how are you going to connect well, that the point is Well, the point is that the best times in our lives are the quiet times when we're at home, the quiet week we've had this week without a lot of distractions when we've just been able to focus on relationships in our family. And, and the name of the show today that we want to really delve into is a quiet, well, it's not actually, I think the way the name's listed is about being a deliberate prioritizer of family. So let's play word association for a minute, Linda. What, what is deliberate? What, what does that word mean? What, what do you think of when you think of the word deliberate? Uh, purposeful, um, thinking about it in advance, uh, planning some things to make your ideas work and so on. Yeah, yeah, and deliberate. I love I love that that adjective when it's put with parenting or with being a good grandmother or being a good spouse or whatever when you're deliberate about it. I guess to some people deliberate implies a certain slowness or a certain haltingness but 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 deliberate in the sense that you're determined. You're you that's what you're going to do. You're you're you're, you're purposeful. Focused, you're yeah. focused. Um, what is the word? Let's play another word association. What does prioritizer mean? I'm not even sure that's a proper word. But someone who prioritizes, a prioritizer. No, I don't think so, but it's. I like that word. <laughs> you're a prioritizer because you are a prioritizer. You're really good at that. Of figuring out what's most important. I'm not very good at that. Oh, I, you're great at it. No, you're instinctively I mean, good I at it. I think we all go onto the computer and we have an intention of what it is that we want to do. Or on the phone, let's say the phone. We go on the phone and we have an intention of what we want to do. But then these things start popping up and popping up. And you're like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Oh, that's pretty interesting. The computer may be worse. I don't know. But... You just, it's so tempting to just pop on that and see that, and then you just get distracted and distracted. Well, and distracted. wait, that's, a, that's another word that's coming up in a minute, this word of distraction. But before we get to that, let's, let's really zoom in on this word prioritize. Um, I mean, what do you think the, the typical definition of priority or prioritize would be? Uh, putting the first things first, deciding what's most important and putting that at the top of the list. And don't you think a lot of the guilt or a lot of the concerns or, or worries or sort of self-incriminations that, that a lot of parents engage in come from the priorities of our lives not being reflected accurately in how we spend our time, right? In other words, 
you know, when, when, when public opinion polls are done, and this has been the case for as long as I can remember, and I've been around public opinion polling for a long, long time. In fact, when we were in graduate school, my, the job I was working at part-time had to do with taking public opinion polls and so on. And we've come to know George Gallup, who, who's kind of the, the, the leader, uh, the founder almost of public opinion polls. But, uh, when you ask people what their most important, what's the most important thing in your life, upwards of 90% say my family. It's just, it's just, we all know it. We all feel it. That's what matters. That's the thing we care about most. And whether you're married or not, whether you have children or not, you still have a family and it still is the most important thing. Um, it really is true that, um, that is, I I think 90% of people. Well, that's what the polls say. And yet, when you when you go a little deeper, and, and this gets into the whole idea of do we walk our talk, um, if you could somehow measure how much time and how much, even more important than time, how much mental energy, if you've got a total amount of mental energy, what percentage of it in a given day or a given week is being devoted to that first priority of family? Now. If you're a young mom with a, with a little baby that uh, like our daughter in London that we we're talking to the other night, you, that that's no problem. You're you're occupied in that child most of the time, so your priority matches how you're spending your time. But as kids get a little older and as we get busier and we're doing so many things, there there begins to be a disconnect between what's most important and where we're spending most of our time and mental energy. And that's the problem that we're not living our priorities completely. Well, I think, um, even as grandparents, you know, we kind of get, we have a little more freedom and the more freedom you have, the better it is actually, (laughs) the the more fun it becomes and the more pulling it becomes. And so sometimes, I think um, I get involved in what I'm doing and don't think enough about what my kids still need. I mean, kids, when kids leave home, everybody says, oh man, your kids leave home and you got a maid, you can go off and, you know, tin buck two, you're, you're done. And it's so far from that. I mean, it just gets bigger and more expensive, right? But maybe in a way you're right, because it's maybe less demanding. And so there's more of a tendency to, to not make our time and, and energy use match with our priority. But it doesn't it get to the word you used a little earlier, honey, distraction. Um, let's play word association on that. When you think of the word distracted or distraction, what comes to mind? Um, my life. <laughs> Your life in general. <laughs> life in general. I mean, it's so easy to get distracted, as as I mentioned earlier, of things that just aren't important but kind of need to be done. Um, I'm a worker, and I like to do things the right way and so on. And I get focused on doing things that really don't make any difference when I could be spending time in the Sort of places. the urgent versus the important. Right, exactly. The, the squeaky wheel gets the grease and You know, so on. getting back to the phone and computer thing, we have a daughter who just said, I have a great idea for iPhone. They could invent an iPhone that just when you open your phone, you said, what do you want to do? 
And then it just tell and, and then you tell it what you want to do. And then there's no distractions. <laughs> you just do what you need to do and then you go on with your life. And of course <laughs> that is not gonna happen because that's the you know, advertisers and, and people who want to distract you are right there. Well, you the know, time. you know, it's interesting tying into this sometimes in, in in the speaking we do, especially um when we have a big group and it's hard to interact with them personally, we, we ask audience questions and we get people to raise their hands. And one of the ones we often ask an audience is, um, do you think it's harder to raise a family today than it was a generation ago or than it was even 10 or 15 years ago? And again, speaking of public opinion polls, this is sort of our own unscientific poll by asking audiences this. And I would say that at least 90, at least nine out of 10 people say, yes, it's harder. It's harder today than it's, there's always one or two who say, oh, it's always been hard. It's just hard now in different ways and so on. But don't you think, Linda, that, uh, that one of the things that is remarkably different is that we have so many more distractions today. If you go back a generation, I mean, sure, people have always had other interests. But there wasn't a phone in their hand all the time. There wasn't media blasting at them quite to the same level that there is today. There wasn't social media. There wasn't this whole thing of FOMO, fear of missing out, and people trying to keep up with everything at once. And, and the distraction is what makes it harder today. Yes, but also I think parents are so much more committed. They are so much more focused on their kids than they ever have Especially been. dads. Especially dads. We just saw a <clears throat> fascinating movie um, this week called Goodbye, Christopher Robin. And if you haven't seen it, and if you feel like a distracted parent, you'll feel a lot better afterward, because it's a story, a British story of the um, A.A. Milne, the a. A. Milne who wrote, who wrote Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh. Pooh, and but about his little boy who was so quote unquote Christopher Robin, but um, the British mentality in those days was that a child was just there to be looked at and not to be engaged and so on. And uh, it really is a fascinating thing. So we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to try to zoom in on this whole question of can we be deliberate prioritizers of families in a world where there are so many distractions? We'll be right back after this brief break. And we're back. Today, we're talking about deliberate parenting and grandparenting. And prioritizing. And for prioritizing our children and grandchildren and so that uh, not only do they feel prioritized but that we feel that we're putting them as a priority and we've kind of come to two sort of general conclusions that we want to look a little deeper into now um, one is that there are more distractions today for parents than ever before and it's so easy to have our attention and our mental energy pulled away pulled away pulled away and you see it every day. You see moms with their little children and uh, on the bus or, or downtown or in the mall. And, and they're, they're caught up with their, their cell phone. They're looking at their smartphone rather than at the kids. And you see it in yourself. And, and the distractions are, are everywhere. And the other thing that we, that we notice so often is that, you know, we all need affirmation, Linda. We all need accolade. We all need to be recognized. And 
Unfortunately, the most important things in life, i.e. our family and our children, are not the things we get the most praise and affirmation for. It's what we do at work that gets recognized, or what we do in the community that gets an award, or what we do at school that gets appreciation and people say you did a great job and so on. The affirmation and the accolades don't come to you for doing the most important thing in your life. They come later when you see the fruits and the benefits to your children and so on, but no one's coming in on a daily basis and saying, wow, you're a good parent, you're fantastic, this is great. We're not getting that reinforcement and human nature sort of gravitates toward the things where you get recognized. Right, and and yeah, I really think that the thing that's the most distracting, let's let's face it, in our lives is um, the internet, social media, and things that um, are on our phones and our computers. That is so distracting. It's something that our parents did not have. And uh, in fact, I saw a thing on TV the other day about how distracted people are. I mean, people have walked off cliffs trying oh, to read yeah. the emails. There's, in fact, did you see that one? It's not just texting in cars. It's, it's, it's walking. walking. People are running oh, into things. They showed a person actually walking into a bus, a moving bus. <laughs> I, I saw it. I mean, he just bounced off the side. It didn't really hurt him. I mean, he could have gotten killed because he could have walked in front of the bus. But it is so distracting. And yet that distraction might be the thing that can really help us. And it's interesting. We talk about distraction, the danger of distraction in terms of safety or in terms of, um, you know, getting hit by a bus. But the biggest danger of distraction is it removes this priority and this focus that we want to have on the relationships in our, in our family and in our life. So I'm going to throw out a couple things we've talked about, Linda, and you, you help me dissect them. Here, here's two challenges we want to make to you radio listeners that we think can sort of cut through some of this distraction and keep our mental energy focused on the things that matter most. The first one, this is one we've been trying to do for a while, and I think it's it's helped us, and some of our kids working on it too, and that is in the morning when you get up before you start looking at your screen and I wonder who called during the night and I wonder what texts I've got and I wonder what's going on on social media but just push that aside do not look at a screen until you've planned your day and in our case had a prayer and tried to focus on what are my priorities for today and how can I how can what are my goals? What are the things I want to do for my family, for my children, for my relationships and so on? Get them written down in a plan and have a prayer about it before you give in to the opening the computer or turning on the phone or looking at the screen. And that is really hard. You know, any establishing any habit is hard, but wow, I think I wake up with my you know, as soon as my eyes are open, I think of all these things that I've got to do that day you know what might have been on the phone on the phone and the yeah has so and so answered or, or am i missing a meeting or something you know and to really make make yourself think through your day and um then ask the lord about who needs your help and so on has it's really been helpful to me and i think to you as well what was that thing we that clip we saw the other day about uh, well we actually we were we were with a group and we were talking about how in uh, 
at the Olympics in, in uh, Korea, uh, there are more addiction recovery centers for, for technology addiction than there are for anything else. There are three times as much. Three times as much. Those of you who saw the Olympics saw those drones and all that electronic stuff that was going on, the virtual reality on the floor of that huge stadium. And it was unbelievable, but there are, they're so techy in South Korea, but they, they did announce that just before three times in the opening ceremonies, three times as many people are addicted to that as they're addicted to drugs and alcohol. And, and so that kind of distraction, just trying to put that away. So the first challenge is first things first, plan your day before you get pulled and sucked in to the, the, the social media and the other things that, oh, I, I, the other thing I was going to say is one guy who, who was in the, the addiction center, uh, you know, how many times an hour do you feel you have to turn on your phone and check something? And this guy, this guy counted and there were 56 times in one hour. That's like one every minute. Yeah, that was an interesting he, story because he had been addicted to alcohol. Yeah. And then now he was trying to get off of the internet and he'd given up his phone and he said, I had exactly the same feelings. Like I'm, I'm not going to be able to live without this. I'm going to be, you know, disconnected. I, I don't know how I can do this and it, I'm not going to feel good. I'm not, you know, all those same feelings of the addiction to the alcohol. Now, it was really interesting. Now let's tie this back. Those of you who listen regularly to Ayers on the road know that uh, a couple of times in the last month we've talked about, setting up rules for kids to keep them off their phone or to limit their screen time or whatever. And if you didn't hear those, we invite you to go to byuradio.org and click on the shows two weeks ago, I think, and four weeks ago where we talked about this. But but let's make it clear what we're talking about today is not screen time for kids, but for adults and how we can limit ourselves and discipline ourselves and get away from this distraction. So the two challenges, one is, you know, plan and pray before you open your screens Two, and I think this is really a key one, begin to use your phone or your, your, your gadgets as a way to put your attention back on the family instead of taking it away from it. And that's what we've been working hard on lately. And if you go to BYU.org, and go to our show. Now you're talking about Ayers BYU on, Radio. BYURadio.org. If you go to that that uh, URL on your computer, and if you go to our show, Ayers on the Road, and if you look at the links, the first three links there. The first one is our website, Values Parenting. The second one, I believe, is our Facebook page, and the third one is the Instagram page. And I want to throw out the challenge, Linda, and you can elaborate on this. When you're on your phone, you parents, or when you're on your computer, take a minute right at the first before you get to whatever you're looking for or going to and go to valuesparenting.com. Or when you're on your phone, go to Facebook. There's a link on there that shows our Facebook page. It's just uh, Linda Richard Iyer or the Instagram page, which is Richard Linda Iyer. Do you, do you know why you did that? <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted it to be one thing instead of two. But go on there. And what we're trying to do, we're actually trying to be part of the solution here. Every week now we're posting a parenting tip on Facebook and on Instagram, which is pretty brief because you've just got a little screen there and it's just a couple of little paragraphs. But there's always 
some links and you can go to an article or you, for, let me give you an example. We were, the, the one this week is actually on limiting kids' social media. So there's a little principle on the, on the social media, on our FaceTime or on our Instagram. But then you can, you can go to a link that has a longer article. You can go to another one that goes to a podcast. You can go ahead, click another one that goes to a TV appearance and to a YouTube thing where we're elaborating the how-tos. Here's how to do this. Here's how to do this. Here's some ideas. Here's some things we've learned from other parents. So what I'm saying is turn your screen time into something that focuses you on your children and on your family instead of distracting you from your children and your family. Um, which we hope is really helpful. Um, I have to say that Richard has worked on this really hard. I've been writing a book, and so he took the <clears throat> took the bull by the horns and has done a lot of research, and we've been kind of amazed at how much stuff we've done. <laughs> wow. Well, this is our way of categorizing. You know, we've got now 650 newspaper articles that we've written over the last couple of decades, all on parenting or on some aspect of, of family. We've got about 250 of BYU radio shows that are also podcasts. Uh, we've got maybe 50 or 60 YouTube uh, videos and so on and so on. So what we're saying is they all are, they are all are instructive, but we're now trying to use social media to collect them and to get to the point where all you have to do is look at one little thing and you're able to figure it out and, and move on from there. Um, so, um, we, um, actually, if you, if you're feeling a little guilty right now and you just don't want a lot of positive stuff, believe me, there's a lot of, uh, really hard stuff there too, that we certainly are not perfect at this. And, um, we have struggled with it just as you, we always say we are fellow strugglers and, um, it really is interesting that nobody's perfect and nobody gets it right. And, and there's so a lot of. Our struggles are there as well as some struggles of other people, but uh, it's something we're all struggling with. So if you're interested in this and if you're concerned, as most parents are, about being distracted, take us up on those two challenges. And right now, while you're thinking about it, go online and go to BYURadio.org and take a quick look at the IRS Instagram account and the IRS Facebook account and see if you can find some things. We promise you that every week we're going to have a parenting or marriage tip on there that's going to feed into links that'll give you a lot of how to's and begin to really use that social media to work for your focus instead of against your focus. So it's wonderful always to be with you briefly in these uh, episodes. The time goes by really fast. We're all struggling. We're fellow strugglers in this business of prioritizing the things that matter most. And we really hope that we can work together to focus our minds on the things that we really want to prioritize. Focus, focus, focus. That's what I tell myself every day. And we wish you the very best. Thanks for listening today at Ayers on the Road. And we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.